Hello and welcome to the Talking Indonesia podcast. I'm Dave McRae from the University of Melbourne's Asia Institute, and with 20 October marking one year since President Joko Widodo's inauguration, today I'll be speaking to Wawan Masudi about what we've learned about Jokowi as a leader during his first year in power. Wawan, thanks for joining us. Uh, thank you for inviting me in podcast Unimap Dave. Wawan is writing his PhD at the Asia Institute on Jokowi's early political career as mayor in Solo. As full disclosure, I'm a member of his supervisory panel. He is also a lecturer in the Department of Politics and Government at Gajamada University in Yogyakarta. Over the course of Wawan's PhD, Jokowi has risen from mayor to Jakarta governor and then to president. I started by asking Wawan whether he sees continuities between Jokowi's leadership style as president and his time as mayor of Solo. Yes, indeed. What he did as a president in these first years is kind of copy mm. uh, to what he already did in, in, in Solo. Uh, for example, the way he tried to have an engagement with the people, with the term that we call as Blusukan. Mm. First time he uh, doing the Blusukan in Solo, try to come to the community and then talk with them. And just to explain, Blusukan is essentially an impromptu informal visit to public areas? Yeah, not really impromptu, uh, mm. in terms of, uh, of uh, Jokowi already having kind of mapping out to mm. which area uh, he did uh, Blusukan. Mm. And also with a more uh, targeted more targeted goal actually, uh, toward community and toward aspect he would like to, to know from, from that kind of style. Mm. And as a president, he tried to do so as well. And I'm pretty sure that before he doing that kind of uh, impromptu visit or mm. Blusukan, he already sent kind of an advanced team. Beyond Blusukan visits, I asked Wawan whether there were other aspects of Jokowi's leadership in Solo that had carried over to his time as president. Yes, um, in Solo, uh, Jokowi tried to engage directly in many aspects of policy, especially when uh, related to the social policy. Uh, in Solo, he delivered by himself all the card for the education and the health uh, uh, subsidy or the health uh, kind of uh, insurance. Mm. And as we see, as a president, he did exactly the same thing. He delivered by himself all the card uh, to giving the people direct benefit, uh, especially for the health and education sectors. Beyond such continuities, I asked Wawan what he thought we'd learned about Jokowi more broadly as a leader during his first year as president. People hopes that Jokowi could bring a lot of fundamental changes in the countries in mm. terms of dealing with the political elite, in terms of doing the bureaucratic reform. But um, from these first years, we can learn that Jokowi faced a lot of difficulties mm. to bring a fundamental changes. Uh, and as the result, he have to do a lot of compromise. Mm. He have to give a lot of uh, quote-unquote political concession mm. to all of his political baker and also to uh, elite that try to uh, have an influence to the Jokowi uh, leadership as a president. The difficulties Wawan outlines notwithstanding, some of the policies Jokowi has introduced during his first year in power raise questions as to just how reform-minded he is. I asked Wawan for his take on this. Yeah, we can see that a lot of kind of flip-flop policy. Mm. In one hand, Jokowi tried to show that I'm a good reformer by mm. uh, uh, imposing some policy, but afterward he just 
easily to revoke uh, the policy. For example, mm. in the policy of uh, banning the bureaucracy for having a lucrative meeting in a hotel. Mm. Um, and the minister at that time said that all the government meeting uh, must be conducted in government office, not mm. in a hotel, because mm. doing in hotel will be wasting money. Mm. Oh, it seemed uh, very reform-minded uh, mm. uh, policy, mm. but after uh, three, four months, mm. we never heard whether mm. the policy is effective or mm. not. Other policy, for example, uh, in the policy, uh, in, in, in the appointment of uh, Budi Gunawan as the uh, chief of uh, police. Here Wawan is talking about Jokowi's nomination of tainted police officer Budi Gunawan as chief of police in January, in a move that appeared aimed at placating the chairperson of Jokowi's political party, Megawati Sukarno Putri. Budi Gunawan had been shortlisted to be a member of Jokowi's cabinet, but was effectively vetoed by Indonesia's anti-graft commission, the KPK. The KPK also made Budi Gunawan a corruption suspect almost immediately after Jokowi nominated him as police chief. Mm. Uh, for sure, a lot of uh, pressure to Jokowi, but it, is, it was Jokowi's decision to appoint mm. him. Mm. But after some public pressure, he tried to mm. uh, recall the appointment. Mm. So, I mean, um, it seemed that in these first years, mm. uh, there is some or a lot of uh, flip-flop uh, policy that's showing that he really don't have any kind of a strong foundation to mm. what kind of uh, policy, to what kind of uh, uh, vision of leadership that he will bring to the countries. A criticism Jokowi has faced as president is that he doesn't have a sophisticated understanding of policy issues. Not having an interest in the theoretical side of policy, this criticism runs, Jokowi has taken a practical or even simplistic approach to policy issues. I asked Wawan whether this was a fair characterization of Jokowi's approach. Yeah, to some extent, yes, but I'd rather to say not uh, absolutely uh, like mm. that. Mm. I mean, uh, indeed, Jokowi, Jokowi's view on leadership is uh, quite unique mm. in terms of Indonesian politics. That a political leader or a leader uh, not must be behind the table, mm. not must uh, in the office. A political leader, in his view, have to go to the ground, go to the field, and also directly uh, involved in the implementation uh, process. But uh, Jokowi himself, from my understanding, especially uh, from the case in Solo, for example, is really uh, kind of uh, taking the idea of policy uh, from outside of his uh, uh, government or, or his uh, bureaucracy. For example, the policy of uh, bureaucratic reform for the budget transparency in Solo it is something never coming from the inside of his government and or even not kind of a Jokowi's initiative. It is coming from the outside. Mm. What Jokowi did is invite uh, the NGO who have the initiative, uh, giving them kind of time to present and then asking them whether this is doable or not. And after that, Jokowi said, let's do mm. the policy. I mean, and, and I think in the national level, it's more or less... Uh, almost the same. Mm. If we see the inner circle of Jokowi's presidency, mm. almost all of them are a very good technocrat, mm. uh, academician. Before uh, who, the, who are we talking about there? Yeah, for example, the minister of the state secretary mm. and also 
the head of Babanas before uh, being reshuffled, mm. and also uh, uh, some of the inner circle, Tatan uh, Masduki uh, and so on and so forth. All and of them are uh, chief of staff. Yeah, at, at the moment chief of staff. Uh, they are for sure um, the people who have a very good background mm. how to make a good uh, policy, mm. how to develop a good policy. And even mm. if we remember before Jokowi become uh, uh, inaugurated or before his inauguration, mm. he already developed kind of transitional team. Yeah. And who is the member of trans transitional team? Most of them are not the representative of political parties. Most of them are kind of working group that coming from the professional mm. and the main task of them as long as I remember is to prepare on the substance of policy. I, I think Jokowi will understand that uh, he have a lot of uh, limit in, uh, mm. in, in kind of formulating a policy or in mm. grabbing all the view or the vision of policy. Mm. So that's why he tried to use his power as a uh, popular leader at the time, as the mm. elected president. Mm. Uh, to invite or to yeah to involve mm. as many as the expert as many as technocrat mm. to support him with the policy policy ideas one of jacoby's major problems during his first year has been dealing with entrenched elites including his own political backers in particular his party pdip and its chairperson former president megawati sukano putri Jokowi is the first politician to rise to the office of president from outside of the Suharto-era political elite, and uniquely for a democratic-era president, he does not control his own political party. I asked Wawan how he would characterise Jokowi's approach to dealing with his political backers and other entrenched elites. I have to say that his approach is much more affected by uh, the compromise and negotiation. I mm. mean, uh, if people hope that Jokowi can just uh, having becoming kind of an antithesis of this entrenched elite. It's something really only uh, wishful thinking. I mean, mm. something not really uh, happened and cannot be happening, uh, at least from these first years. A lot of uh, aspects, Jokowi just doing a compromise and negotiation, not only with his own political backers, I mean, PTIP and uh, he, and its alias, but also with the with oppositional group as well. As an example of dealings with oppositional groups, Wawan cited Jokowi's decision to loan government funds to a company owned by the family of Aburiz al-Bakri, Golkar chairperson, to help the company pay compensation for the Lapindo mud disaster in East Java, with company land in the affected area as collateral. Bakri and Golkar joined the coalition of Prabowo Subianto during the presidential election. To uh, Mikawati and PDIP, um, a lot of compromise uh, already happening up mm. to now. No, not only when the first time the cabinet making uh, occurred in uh, one year ago, but especially uh, when the reshuffle uh, was undergone. We know that some of the new minister actually uh, kind of on the meeting point between the Jokowi interest and also PTIP interest. Okay, could and you give an example? Yes, the replacement of uh, Andy Vijayanto, previously cabinet secretary. He is well known as the Jokowi's loyalist and now replaced by Pramono Anung, mm. who is for sure the representative of uh, PTIP and Megawati. He mm. was uh, a former secretary general of PTIP. 
and also um, the appointment of uh, Richard Ramli, for example, mm. who is okay. now the coordinating minister for maritime and the uh, uh, tourism uh, mm. sector in Indonesia. It's kind of meeting point between the Jokowi and also uh, Megawati or BDIP, but at the same time, uh, try uh, it's uh, the the appointment is to balance or to mm. encounter the Yusuf Kala mm. uh, influence mm. uh, to the government and mm. also Dharmina Sution mm. as the minister of uh, coordinating for the, for, the uh, for, for for the economy. Mm. So it's kind of a compromise, and he tried to find the the balance uh, between his interest and also the. Um, political backers' interests, especially Megawati and uh, PTIP. Various commentators have argued that Jokowi has taken a Javanese approach to governing during his first year, which might be taken to mean maintaining political harmony and balance. I asked Wawan what he thought of this characterization of Jokowi's leadership. Yeah, cultural background for sure will always have an influence to mm. the style of leadership or to the way uh, a politician will conduct uh, or will uh, implement the authority. But um, in my opinion, Jokowi um, rather using uh, the Japanese as a style rather than uh, as a kind of a really something inspire him uh, in doing his leadership. <coughs> By saying that, I mean that, for example, to his relationship to Megawati. Um, I rather to say that uh, his humble manner of uh, appearance uh, in relation to Megawati is more as the way he doing uh, political uh, calculation in the long run, rather than that he is a Japanese uh, a people. Uh, I mean, the leader with a Japanese uh, background. I mean, Jokowi is very calculated uh, leaders, mm. and it seems that he really understand. Uh, the, the political relation is not only something in the short term but also in the long term. Okay. So it seems that by doing such kind of a manner, not uh, confronted what uh, Megawati or PTIP uh, take it to him, for example, it's rather Jokowi keep silent mm. um, and not giving kind of outrage uh, uh, comments. Even though maybe he will use other people to to giving outrage or critis, uh, critical comment to Megawati and PDIP, but Jokowi himself never mm. never did. For example, when um, we remember in, in, in the PDIP Congress in, in Bali, um, yeah. yeah, some months ago, Jokowi already prepared for the speech, but rather than giving him uh, opportunity to deliver the speech, Megawati try really try to uh, can underestimate a Jokowi that uh, you are the agent of the party, you are mm. becoming president because the party giving you the duty, the duty to do so, mm. and so on and so forth. And it is the task of the uh, kind of the agent of the party to uh, serve the party, and so on mm. and so forth. And after that meeting, there is no uh, kind of outrage comment from Jokowi as a president. Rather, he mm. just keeps silent. Mm. And then just continuing what he want to do, visiting people and showing that I'm still president, mm. something like that. So, okay. so uh, it seems that in that term, he is a humble uh, leader. But whether humble is because of his Japanese uh, <laughs> background or because of a kind of political calculation, mm. uh, we need to be careful with that. I guess you'd say mm. then his approach has been 
to let his actions speak rather than to sort of get into verbal battles. Yeah, uh, I think uh, I think that's the the, the better way to say. Uh, mm. Rather than uh, um, involve himself in the world of battle, it's better for him to act. During last year's presidential campaign, members of Prabowo Subianto's camp sought to turn Jokowi's meteoric rise against him, claiming that Jokowi was a leader of the caliber only of a mayor or neighborhood chief, rather than being presidential material. I asked Wawan whether there have in fact been elements of the presidency that Jokowi has struggled with because of his rapid rise to the nation's top office. Wawan first discussed Jokowi's struggles to dispel another political attack on him, that he is a puppet of PDIP chairperson Megawati Sukarno Putri, before turning to how Jokowi has addressed criticism of his leadership caliber. Jokowi is still not taking too much attention to the mockery that he is kind of a mayor, uh, a leader with a mayor lever or the leader uh, with a caliber of a neighborhood uh, chief. Hmm. It seems that for him, uh, the best way to engage to people is giving the people something concrete. Hmm. And we know that in Indonesia, the concrete thing means if the political leader could hand something that is people can really use afterward. In many occasions, Jokowi still uh, distributing even a books and a pencil to the kids. Uh, Jokowi very, it seems Jokowi very, uh, very much enjoy when he could uh, distribute the card for the education and health uh, insurance directly mm. to the people rather mm. than to uh, give such kind of uh, role to even to his minister mm. or even to, for example, to the head of district or to the uh, governor. So mm. it seems that for him, the best way to show the commitment to the people as mm. a political leader is doing something very concrete okay. to them. I put it to Wawan that as president, Jokowi has had to deal with much more complex policy issues and asked him if we have seen a confident approach from Jokowi or whether it has been a learning process. Many times I'm just uh, I'm thinking that why Jokowi so much getting a direct engagement with people. Mm. It is something to compensate uh, something else. Uh, it could be that uh, Jokowi not really at the moment not really having very strong ground uh, in a very strategic uh, uh, policy. Um, so that's why uh, what he did then to compensate uh, uh, this kind of a weakness by doing something very concrete uh, action. I do believe that uh, as a president, uh, Jokowi uh, will learn as quick as possible to cope with all this situation. Even as a mayor in Solo or even as a governor in Jakarta, um, he proved that he was a quick uh, learner in a lot of area of, uh, of, of, of policies. One of the striking features of Jokowi's presidency has been his appointment of women to political office. His cabinet includes eight women, and he appointed an all-female committee to select new commissioners for Indonesia's anti-graft body, the KPK. I asked Wawan whether these appointments reflect a long-standing commitment on Jokowi's part to gender equality, or whether something else was at play. Um, indeed, uh, in terms of uh, nominal representation, eight women out of 33 or 34 cabinet ministers, it's big number. Mm. Uh, nine uh, members of women uh, for the for selecting the uh, commissioner for the anti-graft uh, body is really meaningful in terms mm. of uh, uh, the nominal representation. But mm. we have to 
look this issue more carefully. Mm. Uh, women in his cabinet, uh, some of them are for sure, uh, are clearly as part of his uh, compromise or part of a result of political negotiation with uh, either with PTIP and also with some other political parties. Um, it is very uh, clear, Puan uh, is the representative of PTIP and Megawati. It is very clear that Siti Nurbaya is the Minister of uh, Forestry, is the Surya Palo uh, representative over there. It is very clear that um, <coughs> I could say that Kofifa uh, Parawansa, yeah. representative of uh, NU, even though uh, she was Jokowi's uh, uh, political supporter as well. Mm. Um, Rini Suwandi, um, she was Jokowi's uh, loyalist. Mm. And some could be professional, uh, for mm. example, the Ministry of uh, Health and the Ministry for uh, Women and Children. But for the Ministry of Women and Children, she was the representative of uh, Papua. I mean, we have to see uh, this kind uh, of issue, especially in the appointment of the minister, not directly uh, we can connect it with uh, his commitment to the gender equality. There is a political process uh, behind all this, mm. uh, all this thing, and for sure, it could be something positive, mm. but not uh, represent uh, in a full manner uh, his commitment to the gender equality. Wawan also pointed to political context for Jokowi's appointment of an all-female KPK selection committee as a move to soften public outrage over Jokowi's now aborted nomination of Budi Gunawan as National Police Chief, as well as suggesting that these appointments could have reflected the influence of ministers such as State Secretary Pratikno and of Teten Mastuki, rather than coming solely from Jokowi himself. This all-female selection committee had been an unexpected decision, completely different to the male-dominated list of names the Indonesian media had published shortly before the announcement. I asked Wawan whether Jokowi personally had a habit of doing the unexpected as a leader. Yeah, as a, as a, as a style of a leadership, as long as uh, I could remember even from his leadership in Solo, uh, he is a type of leader that liked that much for giving surprise mm. to the people. Mm. In Solo, for example, if in Solo there is nothing happening for one week, it could be one day Jokowi just uh, going to one place and then showing attention. For example, at that time, I, I, I remember very well, there is a park in, 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 in the middle of the city, and in that park there is some kind of uh, animal in the cage, mm. and the animal is not really well, kind of, well cared. And Jokowi come there, and then asking Wartawa, uh, I mean the journalist to join, and Jokowi showing, see, uh, what I will do in the coming month is to review how we can manage this park in a better way and I will put this uh, monkey in a better cage I will I will uh, put this bird in a better uh, cage and, and, and so on and so forth I mean he could give a kind of a surprise uh, to people to something that people never imagined or never expected before mm. and including in this case to some extent it seemed that it's kind of a kind, a kind of a Jokowi's surprise as well to the people, when mm. people seeing, okay, we have to appoint somebody or members with a strong anti-corruption, mm. but Jokowi went further, mm. not only in that kind of sense, but mm. all of them are women, for sure, mm. it's something 
mm. uh, making people just opening the eyes. Mm. That's yeah. kind of a Djokovic's uh, quote-unquote expertise. On domestic issues, there has been a perception that various of Djokovic's decisions have been intended to placate Megawati, such as nominating Budi Gunawan as police chief, or have reflected the interests of PDIP. I asked Wawan whether we see the same influence in Jokowi's international policy, from PDIP, a nationalist party emphasizing national unity, or indeed from Jokowi's own background in the party. In this first years, uh, I could say that uh, what influenced Jokowi very much in the way to put Indonesia is much more to his own personal political background as mm. the uh, businessman. In every occasion, in every event, in every uh, meeting Jokowi held with other government leaders, whether in Indonesia or when Jokowi visiting other countries, all is about economy and saying that Indonesia is a good place for the economic investment. Come mm. to our countries and mm. then we will serve you um, as good as uh, possible as an investor. Mm. Uh, it means that it seems that uh, for Jokowi, uh, Jokowi have a very pragmatic vision. Uh, mm. in putting Indonesia with the relation with other countries. And mm. by pragmatic, I say economic pragmatism. I mean mm. that we will uh, make a good relation with the country who uh, give Indonesia the big benefit for the economy. Mm. It, it seems like that. So that's mm. why Jokowi uh, could just... It seems that Jokowi uh, could uh, talk in a very uh, friendly way with the, with the Chinese government, but at the same time with the, with the Japan. Wawan has followed Jokowi's evolution as a leader, from his beginnings as mayor of Solo, through his period as Jakarta governor, and now on to the presidency. Finally, I asked him if he was expecting further changes over the remaining four years of Jokowi's term as president, and what those changes might be. I have an opinion that um, the way Jokowi having connection with the uh, people and the way Jokowi try to develop uh, a continuous consultative approach with the people or with the um, a commu a community groups, with the civil society is something very uh, useful for the Indonesian politics. Mm. Uh, since uh, we all learned that Indonesian politics for so long time uh, just uh, co-opted by the interest of the uh, elite and also the oligarch. Mm. I mean, by doing such kind of style, it is something really useful to open up uh, uh, more uh, democratic uh, Indonesia, not only in terms of election, but also in the day-to-day -day, uh, political and government life. In that sense, I hope that uh, Jokowi could uh, not only continuing, but also put this mechanism into more substantive way. I mean, if uh, the president talk with the civil society group, with the community groups, not only uh, to satisfy them, because you already invited to the to the palace to to Jakarta, but following uh, mm. what is in the policy that is really will be helpful for the betterment of the society, and also in in in, in policies, uh, I hope that this year is time for you uh, for for learning for Jokowi this first mm. years, and I hope for the coming years Jokowi uh, can come more a kind of uh, established platform mm. of a, a a policy and vision. Uh, to bring changes in Indonesia and, and, and by doing consistently, in in more consistent way. But yeah. for sure, uh, such kind of uh, thinking of uh, hope, uh, it could be just blocked by the political reality. It seems the PTIP and Megawati influence to Jokowi mm. is getting more 
<laughs> persistent. Yeah. So I hope that Jokowi still could a balance, you know, in 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 yeah. the interest of the people in general. Well, and there's a lot more we could ask you about Jokowi as president, but unfortunately we're we're out of time. Uh, thank you very much yeah. for your for your insights today. Yeah, thank you very much, Dave. Hopefully, it could give a more insight about the first years of Jokowi presidency. That was Wawan Masudi, lecturer in the Department of Politics and Government at Gajamata University and a PhD candidate in the Asia Institute at the University of Melbourne. You can find the entire Talking Indonesia podcast series at the Indonesia at Melbourne blog or subscribe via iTunes or Stitcher. Until next time, this has been the Talking Indonesia podcast.